Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I'm back better than ever. This is Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you are joining me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about things you should know about you. As always, this is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with, as I believe there's going to be some good things for you to jot down. Now, I'm going to take my text in Proverbs, but before I begin, I want to tell you what the book of Proverbs is about and give you some things that I think that you should know about this great book. First of all, Proverbs is an example of biblical wisdom literature and raises questions of values, moral behavior, the meaning of human life, and the right conduct. And its theological foundation is that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Some major themes of this book are the fear of God, wisdom, temperance, honesty, hard work, humility, using one's words carefully to receive the good that you want to be, do, and have. Now, here's some lessons that you can learn from the book of Proverbs. How to make friends, that's a good one. The significance of fearing the Lord, the importance of getting wisdom, how to train a child. That's even a better one. The value in diligence and preparation, etiquette principles, the benefit of controlling our tongue. Wow, that's an excellent one. How to manage your temper, the importance of mentorship, personality of friends, why you should obey your parents. That might be number one the value of honoring the Lord, avoiding idleness, how to treat your neighbors, why you should avoid wickedness, how to avoid poverty. That's a good one. The value of developing your gifts, moral and ethical behavior, the seven deadly sins. I really like this one. The four important things about the work ethic of ants. And then finally, the virtues of a woman. And I've just given you a quick snapshot of the book of Proverbs. And I would say when you have 31 months or 31 days in a month, I want you to take some time and read a proverb, a chapter a day. And by the end of those 31 days, I think you're going to come out of that month with a great deal of wisdom. I believe that this book is a must read for every believer. And as a pastor, I always get questions, what book should I read? I would read this book. I would thoroughly read it because it has everything about life in it. Everything that you need to know about how to have a successful life is contained in the book of Proverbs. God didn't miss anything. He put pretty much everything in this book. If you want to know A to Z from soup to nuts, how to behave, how to do things right, how to walk in integrity and character, all of the things, again, that's really going to push you to the next level and keep you there 
is found in this hidden gem. So I want to encourage you to start your journey. If you haven't yet, start your journey in the book of Proverbs, and I believe it will do you well. Now, with that said, I want to start here in Proverbs chapter number four, and I want to start here at verse number seven. And I'm not going to take very long. I know you have a busy day today, but I want to impart some words of wisdom since this is what this book is about. And I think it'll bless you real good. Proverbs chapter four, verse seven, it says wisdom is the principal thing. I want you to underscore that, underline it, get a highlight marker out and do that. Underscore this wisdom is the principal thing out of all the things in the world. The scripture tells us it's the principal thing. So therefore, get wisdom. Notice it didn't say money. It didn't say a house. It didn't say get this, get that. It said get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. I want you to underscore that as well. Get understanding. And here's what that means. Having insight or good judgment. We need, you and I need, the world needs good judgment. And I'm going to read this to you again. Not that you didn't hear it before, but I want to read it to you again. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Now, I've said this before on uh, other shows that I've done, but I want to say this again in case you missed a show or two. Wisdom is the ability to know difference. Everybody is not the same. So when you have wisdom, you know difference, difference between this, that, and the other. And you also have understanding. You've got good insight and you've got good judgment. I believe these two things will take you anywhere you want to go in life. And I also believe if you don't have these two, you can't get very far in life. All right. So it's so important that the writer really gives us what is necessary for success in life. And notice you didn't see money here because when you got wisdom and when you got understanding, money will come to you. All kind of things will come to you. But I do believe these are the bedrock things that you need wisdom and understanding. Now, I'm going to give you three things that you should know about you as it relates to this particular passage of scripture that I've read. If wisdom is the principal thing and getting understanding is important, these are the three things that you need to know about you. Number one, you should know the now that inspires you. Not later, but now that inspires you. Why? Because faith is now. I believe Hebrews 1 says, now faith is. Faith is always now. It's remarkable. Anytime we see Jesus in the Gospels, he's always trying to help those that he's going to heal, set free and deliver and give them counsel. He's always trying to help them to stay in this now moment because most of us are never in this now moment. And we can never receive from the Lord unless we focus our attention on now. Now, God operates in three worlds. Number one, the past. Number two, the present. And number three, the future. So when we talk about the past, we're talking about triumphs, victories, success, and even some defeats and hardship. When we talk about the present, we're talking about contentment, 
We're talking about your joy. We're talking about your peace. We're talking about moments that you create every day. And then the future, we're talking about it consists of learning that will be used by God's purposes. So God starts making things before he uses them. I want to say that again. God starts making things before he uses them. Now, this has helped me a lot in my own personal life, and it has always helped me when I'm helping other people, counseling them, coaching them, whatever the case may be. Because God operates in these three worlds, it has helped me to discern very quickly when I'm talking to somebody where they live. Do they live in the past? Do they live in the present or do they live in the future? So when you can discern where people live, you can help them. Most people live in the past and they live in the future. They hardly ever live in the present. So here's what I mean. When we talk about the past, you can tell because people will say this is what they used to do. This is where they used to go. These are the things that happened to them that made them angry or mad or bitter. Or This is where unforgiveness came in. Or people will talk about, you know, how great they were back then or how the job market was back then or the money they made back then or their relationships back then. And so you can get a better rise out of people when they talk about their past and you can tell what has hurt them or what has even helped them. So they are more alive than they are in their past than they are in their present. Isn't that something that people, all you got to do is listen to them because they'll tell you where they are in their mind and their thought life. And if they're not in their past, generally they're in their future. They say things like, when I get my bills paid off, I'm going on vacation. When I get these three kids off to college, then I can live my life. When this happens, when that happens, always look for that word when, when they get here, when they get there, because they push everything off in the future, a future that they don't even know that they'll get to. And it's the same way with the past. You can see excitement or you can even see some frustration on their face because everything for them is future oriented. So they forget about the now that they have. They're not even aware that they're breathing now. They're not even aware that the things that they could have could be now because they're so locked in a time period yet to be. There's nothing wrong with the future because if we live long enough, we'll get there. But you get to your future by understanding your now, your present. And the gift that you have in front of you or the gift that you have right now that we squander is now. I would say to you, learn how to embrace every moment. I think I've said this in a show or two before that when you're going out to eat, enjoy it right then. When you're with a best friend, enjoy it. A mom, a dad, because people are here today. They're gone tomorrow. Everything about the Lord is now. Everything about your relationship with God is now. So I want to help you if you are always talking about the past, if you're always talking about the future, but you hardly ever talk about now, there's something that you're missing today. And I believe the scripture said that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will what? 
Rejoice and be glad in it. This day will be like no other day because this is the day that God has given you. What are you going to do with today? This give call today, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to talk about the past, all the people that hurt you, all the things you used to be, all the awards you had back then? Or are you going to create some moments right now? I think it's so important that we really pause and take in our today and do something great with it and understand this is all that you have that is promised to you. Tomorrow is not promised to you. You can't go back in your past and fix something you've done, but people stay there. They have parked their cars there. They live there and they get more satisfaction or more frustration. But I have vowed to my own self to stay in the moment, to be aware of where I am and who I'm with because the captain and the master of my soul is me. And so if I don't learn how to mentally shift my gears and be aware and conscious of every moment, there's just some things I'm losing. I will guarantee you there's some things you lost yesterday because you didn't value yesterday. There'll be some things that you'll lose today, some moments that you could create with people, some folks that you should call today, some people that you should pray for today, some assignments that you should accomplish today. Now, if you don't get it all done today, it's all right, but at least you were in the moment. So stay in the moment. And this is one of the things that I think that you should know about you. You should know the now that inspires you. Number two, you should know some hidden treasures God stored in you from birth. Do you know what they are? When God brings you on the planet, he brings you on the planet because he has downloaded some things in you at birth. Now I realize that when we come into the earth realm, we're babies, we don't know anything. But as you begin to grow and evolve, remember God put that in there before you got on the planet. So every day you need to be trying to find out what hidden treasure do I have in me? And it goes back to Proverbs chapter four, verse seven. Wisdom is the principal thing. I've got to get wisdom and get some understanding. I got to know the difference that's in me. I got to know that hidden treasure in me. When you know what that is, I would guarantee you, you are doing better than 90% of the people because most folks that I talk to can't tell you what they have that's different than somebody else. So people spend their life trying to be somebody else, trying to carbon copy what somebody else is doing but they fail to understand and know that God has placed something in you that's uniquely different that he didn't give somebody else. So we're not in competition with anybody because again, when God created you, he broke the mold. So don't be like anybody else. Be you. When I meet you, I want to find out some things about you. If I'm hanging out with you, tell me about you. What's the difference between you and five other people in the room? Why should I select you and not them? You got to know these things. If you don't know them, go back and ask God. Say, God, what did you place inside of me? What hidden treasure, what hidden gem do I have inside of me that can bless the world and even be a blessing to my own self? Notice what 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says. 
but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Where's the treasure? In you. You're the earthen vessel. The treasure is never outside of you. You know, people back in the day, that golden rush area, they, they would go out and try to locate the gold and all this stuff. And some of them found it and others didn't. But I want you to know the gold is in you. The pearls, the rubies, the diamonds, man, it's in you. It's raw. It's uncut. It may need to be sanded, dusted off, but I want to tell you everything you need is inside of you. You just need to mine for it. You need to dig for it. You need to look for it. It's there. It's probably up under a whole lot of other stuff, but what you need is inside of you and God stored it in you from birth. The latter clause of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 says that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So the powers of God is not of us, but God placed it inside of us. So every day, take time and find out what God has put inside of you. Once you know what he has put inside of you, then you hone that gift. You begin to nurture that gift. You begin to pray over that gift. You begin to use that gift in wisdom and understanding. People that excel in life, they excel because they know what they have. They know what they have that's different than somebody else. And again, this is one thing school didn't teach us. A lot of parents didn't know how to really share this with their kids. But this is something that I share with my own son. There's something uniquely different about you. And I can point out some things that I see about my own son. But when he's able to see it and when he's able to discern it and find it for himself, then everything changes. Everything opens up when you know how to find the treasure that's inside of you. Also, you should know your dominant difference from other people. I said that you got a dominant difference. You have an edge in life. No more of this. I was dealt bad cards. That's foolishness. You weren't dealt bad cards. If you were dealt bad cards, then you're saying God is bad. Is God bad? No. You don't choose your family. You don't choose your mom or dad or your situations. But I would tell you again that the people who find out early what they have, they can dominate a bad situation. They can dominate being in a bad neighborhood, a bad relationship. The reality is we don't know what we have to get us out of a hole. If I was stuck in a hole and I got a shovel and I don't realize that this shovel is there to get me out or a tool to get me out, or a ladder could be in there. You know, people got tools all around them and frustrated why they can't get out. It's right there. You just may not know how to use the tools that you have because you don't know that they've been given by God to help you. We all don't have the same gift, talent, ability, resources, but God would never put you on the planet without giving you something to work with. So you got something to work with. You might want to write that down and say it to yourself over and over again. I have something to work with. I've got something that can help me dominate the trials and tribulations in life. Also, you should know the open door before you is the income before you. Every open door is an ability 
to receive honor and honor is money is the ability to take care of yourself and other people and do things for other people. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, you know, we didn't choose to be on the planet, but since we're here and God wants us here, we need money. We need money to do things. If you want to pay off somebody's bills, you need money. You want to go on vacation. You need money. If you want to take care of your kids, you need money. Why not have a lot of it? Just don't let it dominate you. You dominate it. God doesn't mind you having money. You know why? He don't need it. God don't need any money. God don't mind you having a nice car. Newsflash, God don't drive. So he don't need a car. We need these things to get around and to do the things that we have to do and things that we're called to do. But why not drive the best, live in the best, wear the best, do the best for people? So we need to understand that every open door before you is the income before you. And finally, number three, you should know what your greatest weakness is, not your strength, your weakness. Do you know what you are weak at? Do you know what you're vulnerable in? Do you know what you keep failing in? We always tell people to develop their strengths, but we need to know what our weaknesses are because those are those little foxes that destroy the vine, that destroy our harvest. You need to know what your greatest weakness is. Do you know what would cause you to fall publicly or privately? I would dare say every actor, musician that has been to different places to sing. And, you know, when they first started out, they were happy about the gift that God had given them. And they started getting on the road and doing all these things, but they didn't know what their weaknesses were. They didn't know how to buffer or they didn't know how to discern things that could get them in trouble. No singer, no actor want to get on drugs and alcohol and all the perils that we read about in the documentaries of all of these celebrities and famous people who fail publicly and privately. They wouldn't want that, but they didn't know what their weaknesses are. You need to know what would cause you to fall publicly or privately, whatever it is. When you fall, you never want to in the first place, but you need to know what would cause that. Is it your temper? Is it your arrogance? Is it women? Is it men? Is it money? Is it fame? Is it fortune? Is it your attitude? Do you know? If you don't know, when it happens, I can guarantee you, you'll be surprised. And you'll be surprised about how many people I've heard say, I didn't know this was a weakness of mine. But this tells me that we don't spend enough time with ourselves. We don't spend enough time knowing who we are. I would say to you, that should be one of your goals to know who you are. Not everybody else. You. I think it's so important. If you are perfect, there's no need for the cross. But we know we're not perfect and this is why Jesus died. So none of us are perfect and none of us are trying to mess up every day. But again, the cross is only for imperfect people. So we're all in this together. We all got weaknesses. But the difference is I may know what mine are and you may not know what yours is. And so I want to encourage you to know these things. Do you know your own weakness? If so, how do you dismantle it? How do you get rid of it? How does it not affect you? 
How does it not hinder you? How does it not take you out? If you know what your weakness is, you can destroy it. When you know what your weakness is, you know where you need to be, when you need to be there, who you need to be around. So I was growing up, you know, we learned this after the fact. But those that knew it before or those that learned from the past can always stay in the moment and say, I don't need to hang out with you. I don't need to be with you because every time we get together is never good. And so it is in childhood. It's the same way in adulthood. You'd be surprised of people that know that the person that they're with is no good for them, yet they don't have the power in and of themselves to walk away. Don't allow that to be you. Always be discerning. See, Samson had a weakness he just couldn't control. His issue was women. He just could not Control it. Read the story of Delilah. He and Delilah He finally told her what his strength was. It was in his hair. But then that strength began, uh, began to be a weakness for him because he should have never told her in the first place. Judas had a weakness, but he was chosen by Jesus. Yeah, he never changed. Can you believe that? And Jesus chose this guy and he had a weakness. But the reality is, you know, he had a part to play. He was the son of perdition. He had a part to play in the grand scheme of things. But here's the thing that would be different from you and Judas. You are not the son or daughter of perdition. So we can remove that. But once you know again what that weakness is and you realize God chose you anyway, then he will educate you on how to not allow your weakness to take you out. That's why we have the Lord on our side, because once we know some things about us and some things that could potentially hinder us from moving forward in the things of God, we can arm ourselves every day so that we can do the right thing. Adam, David, and even Peter were also men who had weaknesses that changed the course of history in the word of God, in the Bible. So God always uses imperfect people, but I would believe the very successful ones realize that my temper is a weakness of mine. Let me fix it. Women, it's a weakness of mine. Let me fix it. Money, it's a weakness of mine. Let me fix it. My attitude, my disposition is a weakness of mine. And if I don't do anything about it, I may get to the limelight, spotlight, but they won't, it won't stay there long. I'll get booted off the stage because my character is not good. My integrity is not good. You know, there's no difference between you and a millionaire or a billionaire. One has money. Obviously, the other one doesn't. But how they go about it is the difference. You know, don't let anything that you have change you. Don't let anything that you get cause you to think you're better than anybody else. Remember where you came from. Remember who you are. Remember that it's always a precious gift and a high commodity to treat people like you would want to be treated because this stuff is fleeting anyway. You know, things, the ebbs and flows in life and the different things, the doors that you go into and the lives that you can change. Remember, we're here to be a blessing one to another. So these are the three things that I think that you should know about you. So I want you to go back over this, read it again, look at it again, 
and get inspired about your life and then read the book of Proverbs to help you get some wisdom and understanding. It takes discipline to get through this life. Those that are disciplined really can have the lives that they want. And Jesus said that I have come that you might have it and that you may have it more abundantly. But it's not automatic. We've got to work at it. But I promise you, when we work at it, life gets better and better and better. And I want that for you like I want that for my own self. All right. This is all that I wanted to share with you today. I wanted to just have a candid conversation with you. And I hope a few of the things that I shared resonated with you on the inside. If it did, send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. You can go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. There's a subscriber box right there. Put your email, click the send button. I'll send you a free PDF that you can read and anything that I send out to you because I'll have you on my email list. You'll be the first to get it. If these shows are blessing you, you can go right back to that same website, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the screen or so, and there's a donation tab. I'm looking for donors who will help me to continue to empower you with the word of God. So click that donation tab there. No dollar amount is too big or too small. Consider doing it today as I am blessing you. You can bless me and allow me to continue to come on and be a blessing to you. I want you to get out here today and stay in the moment. Create moments today. Calm down. Take a deep breath. Take in the fresh air. Look at the scenery. Don't take nothing for granted in this hour because you can literally be here today and gone tomorrow and every day that God gives us is a gift. So let's cherish it. I'm praying for you. Have a great week and remember God loves you and so do I and peace to the family. Take care. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer request or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.